Peter Coles is someone who knows a bunch of different languages. Most people want to learn languages at some stage in their life. I think like being muscular, I think most men at some stage decide I'd like to have a good body. I think the same goes for languages. At some stage you go like, actually be really cool to be able to understand what they're talking about, speak that language, speak to that girl, whatever it is. Um, but oftentimes we don't manage to do it. And the goal of this conversation is maybe to normalize the journey to becoming multilingual poly polyglot um, and learn some tips to inspire people to take on languages. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks for joining us, Peter. What, what's your uh, mother tongue, your first language? I have two mother tongues. The first one, British English, and the second one, Austrian German. Yeah. And, and from, up from that, go on. Where, where did you grow up? I grew up in England, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> and at the age of 17, I decided I'm out of here. I'm now 30. So the last seven, what, what is that? 13 years. Yeah. I've been moving around Europe, not just Europe, but around Europe and just living in different countries, doing a few different jobs and picking up the languages, dealing with different people. And it's just spurred my passion more and more. So you grew up with two. When, when did the third one come in? Just high school? Um... No, I was, I was eight. Okay. Well, I was, before that, I'd learned some French, but at the age of eight, I decided to learn Dutch. And I learned it in three weeks. And wow. I said, right, let's do another one and another one. And ever since then, I've been adding about one language every year. Wow, that's young to make that decision. What spurred you into Dutch at eight? <laughs> um, well, I traveled to Holland just for one yeah. day with my father. And because I could speak English and German, I found it very easy. I could understand everything. And I just said, yeah. let's go. Let's just buy a book. I've got nothing better to do. I'm eight years old. And I just started <laughs> reading. And I picked it up really quickly. And it excited yeah. me. Yeah. What do you think it was about it that, like excited you that um it's very instinctive at that age it is yeah i think that partially comes from the fact i'm the son of a pilot and an air hostess mm -hmm. so traveling around a lot and having a lot of different languages around me made me yeah. really interested in that yeah and i've always wanted to travel very cool well, what was next after dutch french and italian came next yeah. which i'd learned by about the age of 11 or 12 yeah. When I say I've learned a language, it means I can communicate in it. I can yeah. say what I need to say. I can't talk about economics or politics necessarily, but if you drop me in that country, I could survive without English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a spectrum, isn't it? When you say Absolutely. learning a language, there's beginner, there's fluent, there's you know, um, super high level native, where you can't be detected that you're that you're a foreigner. Um, yeah. What do you, do you, where do you like sitting on that spectrum? Like it's kind of a, <laughs> it's a decision yeah. at some point, isn't it? Of like diminishing returns of how much yeah. further do I want to go with this? Yeah. What I enjoy is that intermediate plateau, that point yeah. where I know I would have to study for many more years to become absolutely fluent and I will continue learning. But at that point, I just move on to another one and say, mm -hmm. let's get as intermediate as I can in as many languages as possible so I can travel as much and just talk to people. That's where I like to sit in general. Yeah. So what are, the, what are the intermediate skills? Like what are the things that you get to be able to do when you get to intermediate? Intermediate is that you could read a newspaper. You could watch the television and understand something. You could 
ask anybody in public basically any question you want. And if somebody spoke to you in a normal setting, you'd understand the majority of what they said. Yeah. yeah. But you don't necessarily know all the grammar, all the specialized language oh. in different, different yeah. niches, etc. And, and I'm very happy to make mistakes. Yeah, Most people, yeah. And this is one of the points I want to make. When people yeah. learn languages, they are terrified of mistakes. And I actually love mistakes because I go, right, I've learned something new. And yeah. you'll be surprised how few people laugh at you for those mistakes. Yeah. Did you get over that at some stage with people like laughing at you when you mess something up and you say the wrong word? Or do you still kind of feel sensitive yeah. to it? Stop- I think I've never felt sensitive. I've had okay. a lot of self-confidence. And I've never had that fear. And I've seen that fear in a lot of the people I've worked with, yeah. a lot of my students in the past. And that's one of the main things I've tried to get out of them, not having that fear at all, which I'm very lucky not to have. How do you teach someone not to be fearful of it? Um, well, in the past, I've worked as a language teacher myself. Yeah. Now I've yeah. farmed that off to my language school. But when I was teaching myself, the thing that got rid of their fear was just knowing me and always speaking to me because they know me. They get less and less scared with time and they realize suddenly they can talk. And at the point they realize they can talk and not be scared of me, I'll tell them, look, you're not scared of me, so why would you be scared of anybody else? And they go, oh, yeah. And at that point, they're like, okay, I will talk to people. I'm not scared anymore. Yeah. It's it's a massively empowering thing, isn't it? Like, Absolutely. What, what are you, like, the... What do you think is about the personal journey? Like that's probably what I'm most excited about with encouraging other people. Why I want to speak to you and, and kind of share this conversation with more people is there's something powerful in the personal development that you get from language that's different to the personal development you get from training hard or from business or from you know personal development stuff. Like, what do you think it is? That is a very good question. I feel like the empowerment comes from it is very similar, just yeah. a different type. Of empowerment. Yeah. So if you go to the gym and you train well, you feel more confident physically. And if you have control over a situation, especially if you live in another country and you can really start to understand, you do feel a power over those people who can't do it. And a confidence definitely comes from that. And even helping other people when they can't speak and you can, that yeah. makes you feel really good. <laughs> it is such a good feeling, isn't it? When you're like someone's really stuck and they're trying to get something done and, and you can just like jump in between the languages and, and help someone out. Yeah. My favorite thing to do with tourists, for example, here in Prague where I live is some tourists will come up to me and speak to me in broken English and ask a question. And instead of trying to understand them, I just ask the question, where are you from? And they'll say Argentina. I'll go, okay, we speak Spanish now. And that quick moment is really enjoyable for me. Change <laughs> to their language very quickly. 100%. Yeah, it's it is a superpower. It's I mean anything that makes you feel like a like a superman I think is is a good thing. And the more things that we have that we feel like that that we're proud in that way. Um, yeah. Yeah, you get it. I mean a lot of people in my community like I encourage them to learn physical skills. I do funky stuff like handstands, even juggling yeah. um and just lifting heavy weights and that pride that you get and the ability to just play around and you know the kid when kids see you do it and they're like oh wow yeah. that's cool it's it's that thing of like well I, you know i've built something here that other people respect there's a certain innate thing that can't be faked about it as well right like you Absolutely. can you can have a fake rolex you can lease a lease a, a lamborghini but if you can speak in another language there's yeah. no faking that if you can understand 
Absolutely. And I think that's something that we can relate on the language stuff and the fitness stuff. They are two things you cannot fake. You cannot buy. You have to put a lot of time, a lot of effort into this. And when you've achieved that goal, when you've achieved a good body, when you've achieved the ability to speak a language very well, that's where the confidence comes in because you know you've done it all yourself. So do you have like a training discipline around this? Do you treat it as a daily, in something like strength training to maintain languages, build languages or how does it work? Yes, for you? But it comes automatically from the passion. I can't not do it. <laughs> yeah. So every day I'm practicing. Obviously I live in a country where they speak another language. Yeah. I have girls who don't speak English, so I have to use the languages yep. all day. So that's part of the training program. And I still actively study. One thing I do encourage people to do when they learn a language is to go straight to a teacher and to do it. Um, I'm quite a skeptic on language learning apps Mm. because I feel that the apps are designed like Instagram, like TikTok, to keep you on the app. Their goal is not necessarily to teach you what you need to learn, but to keep you on the app. I'm always amused by phrases like my hovercraft is full of eels or something and you get absolutely (laughs) get a teacher get a book get a method and go through it step by step so one of the issues though is a lot of teachers are really bad right like they want to teach grammar from the start they want to teach like it's so boring like school teaching or talk to us about what do you think about the school method of language learning because that's what most people have experienced well i can only give the experience of going to a british school which was probably one of the worst in the world. Maybe you're, if you're from Australia, you'll have a similar experience. I don't know if you studied languages I, at school. I've then. been to both, actually. So I went to high school in England as well uh, for oh, a little okay. while. The English system of learning languages is actually much better. The teachers that really? I had there were much more inspiring and they spoke better German and French. The ones in Australia were terrible and I hated them and, and I really thought, like, I'm never going to learn the language because this process is horrible. Yeah. One thing that I noticed in British schools was the, the idea that everybody speaks English, so why do you have to? Even the <laughs> yeah. teachers were encouraging me on this. I remember when I went to do my final exams to go to university, and I had no interest in doing maths or business or any other subject, really. And I said to them, I have to do four final exams, which we call A-levels. And I said, I know you think I'm crazy. Will you allow me just to take four languages? Let me do four, and I can get four A's in it and go to Oxford or Cambridge. And they said, no, nobody can learn four languages. It's just not possible. <laughs> so they only allowed me to do one, which I chose oh, wow. ironically to do my native language, German, which obviously I got an A in. And then all the other ones, I think I got a D and an E and an F in my other yeah. subject. And I thought, yeah. you absolute idiots. You stopped <laughs> me from getting four A's and you made me get an F in, I think it was cooking, I ended up doing just so I could do one thing. And I thought, no, the discouragement in schools yeah. to learn languages. And even yeah. if you have to do it for a few years, when it gets to those GCSEs or A-levels, the schools often discourage you from doing it and say, oh, well, you want to do something you can get a job from. Come on, do business, do <laughs> mathematics. Yeah. Why are you doing languages? Yeah. So yeah. can you make money from languages? You can always make money from languages. It depends what you're doing. You have to look at the area you want to go in and learn, first of all, the language you're passionate for, but also the language which will relate to your area of business. Let's say you're doing import-export, learn Chinese, for example. Um, If you're doing diplomacy, learn a language that you like. Um, If you're doing business, 
maybe learn German, go with the one that will help you in your business. But the passion is a very big part. Yeah. What do you think it, is it, because you've taught a lot of people languages, how do people choose languages? Is it cultural, sexual, um, what is like, what do you think are the biggest drivers of people that yeah, really do well? Um, it really comes down to a mixture of all of those. Yeah. Um, it's really whether you need it a lot. I've taught yeah. a lot of English in my time. <laughs> I started out in this. I worked as an English and a German teacher. And English was either a real passion for them or very often something they just had to learn and they really didn't like it, which was not very pleasurable for me. Because they'd say, for example, oh, can you just teach me English as quickly as possible so I never have to do this again? And I'd think, no. <laughs> if you don't want to do it, you're not going to learn. Yeah. I found that the other languages, when they chose to do it freely, whether it was German or Italian or something, and we have a lot of guys who we know in our community who are now learning languages such as Polish, Czech, Russian, through my language school, mm. and it's so much better to watch them progress through. They're doing it because they live there, especially now they want the girls that are, oh, Ukrainian girls, I'm going to learn as much Russian or Ukrainian as possible. Yeah. And that's more fun because they really enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah. And you can tailor the learning material to what they actually want to be able to say, which is yeah. you know, part of Absolutely. the motivating as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. very lucky because I've learned languages for so long and I've had so many different teachers yeah. I'd be able to differentiate between the good teachers and the bad teachers. Yeah. And they didn't even realize when I was studying with them, in the back of my head, I was interviewing them going, my employee for my language school. When I finally yeah. told them, they were so happy. I said, look, I've got a bunch of guys who want to learn Polish. Do you want to come and work for me? And I'll just take a small cut. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Here's five students. Like, what? Like extra yeah. thousand or something a month. Yeah. The you're finding people off like italki and where do you find language teachers yourself um i find them through language like, schools to I find learn, them, yeah yeah i find them through the schools where i've worked in the past yeah yeah and just by meeting them and talking to them yeah. i often bump into them in my circles yeah. and if they're good i'll take them on what are the traits of a good language teacher um encouragement which is one thing that a lot of teachers miss out upon yeah and i've noticed this i i studied chinese in the past and i had a few chinese teachers and every single one of them was not good in my opinion i had um a chinese teacher at university who would even hit me on the head with a stick and say lazy you're not working hard enough and i had a chinese teacher here who i still know and she works for me in certain contexts not so much teaching but i spent years learning how to write Chinese, writing the characters. And no matter how well I wrote them, I'd show it to her after hours of work. And her only answer was, could be better. And there was no encouragement at all. Yeah. I really like when a teacher says, great, that's the first step. Now you can do this. Now you can do better. Keep going. And because of that attitude of, nah, could be better, it really <laughs> put me off. And I, yeah. I'm not studying actively now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What else, apart from the encouragement, what else do you look for or what do you coach when you're teaching? I'd imagine you're not taking that grammatic, grammar-first approach that school tends to take. No, I, I don't do that. Depending on where they are, if they speak a bit already, yeah. I'll really go straight into the speaking part. 
Yeah. Because most likely, if they've studied in the past, they have only done the grammar. Yeah. They've never actually used it. So I force them to be confident with what they know before yeah. I add other things into it. Obviously, yeah. I do use grammar and I do use yeah. those exercises because they are a really big part of the study, but it shouldn't be everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what is, like, say someone's thinking about this, they're watching and thinking, like, well, where could I get after a few months? Like, what's Peter? You know, I, I would like to learn a language. I want to go travel to this place. What's realistic? What should I do? I would go back to the student and ask them how much they're willing to put into this. Because you can get amazing results in a couple of months or you can get absolutely no results. It totally depends on how much the student is willing to do. Um, how many times a week, how much they're going to do other activities such as homework in that language, how much they're going to actually speak it, read it. I'm a big proponent of watching and listening. Yeah. Funny thing, I always give to my students who have a lower level is to watch Peppa Pig. Yeah. I must have watched every Peppa Pig episode in almost every language. <laughs> I, I remember during the coronavirus here in the Czech Republic, they closed the school on the Tuesday. And I took the last flight out of the country on the Friday. And I thought I was going to be there for two weeks. I ended up being stuck in Dubai for four months until the borders opened. So I had nothing to do there. And we just lived with a family I knew. And the father was from the Caribbean and the mother was Ukrainian. So there was this half black boy who could speak Russian, which was quite weird. But he would sit and watch me and he'd go, what are you, what are you doing? And he sees me watching Peppa Pig and he's totally confused. This adult, I think I was like 27 at the time. What are you doing? He could not understand why. He's like adult Peppa Pig. But no, I was just watching Peppa Pig in that language because that's exactly how a child learns. Yeah, you really should learn a language like a child, which comes from just jumping in the deep end, just practicing, just listening, because that will just go into your brain. And one yeah. thing I also encourage with this is if you learn lots of languages, watch the same thing again and again. Watch the yeah. episode of Peppa Pig in German. Now watch it in French. Now watch it in Italian. And you, mm. I have a few series, for example, on Netflix or a few films that yeah. I'll just keep watching, watching because I know the words. I know what's going to happen. So it's yeah. no shock. I'm like, he's now going to say this. And I go, ah, oh, now I know a new word from that. That's something I really encourage. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I got a job in France as a strength and conditioning coach for a rugby team. Yeah. And a big part of it, I think, was because I already spoke Spanish and the coach spoke French and he really wanted French to be a part of it. He was Australian, but he wanted, and it was a mixed club where half the players were Australian, New Zealand, English, and half were French. And the yeah. language divide had been a big cultural barrier to the cohesion of the team and the performance of the team. So he comes in as a French-speaking coach. He's got a French partner. And he wanted me to be able to get on board with that thing of French first. Yeah. Because I spoke Spanish, he was confident that I would learn. And so I found out I had the job and had about two months before I went to France. So I started like full immersion, whatever I could do. Um, I used the Pimsleur system because I'd used that a bit in Spanish. This was back in 2007, I think, when I learned Spanish and then um, yeah, 2009 when I was learning uh, French. And so, uh, 2010. So, yeah, I was using Pimsleur language stuff. And then I was, uh, I watched Into the Wild because I'd already seen that and I had it on my computer and it had it in French as well. So, I do it like French yeah. with French subtitles, French with English subtitles. I remember watching that movie like over and over again. And I yeah. think, yeah, it's really powerful. I haven't done that method again, trying to learn anything else, uh, but that actually makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, that's another very good point. When you have films or series, you can watch them in different languages, but you can also change the subtitles. Yeah. So you can have the reading part and the listening part. Yeah. And I know a lot of people joke about don't waste your time sat on Netflix. You could be out there making money. I find Netflix actually a really good tool. And if I'm studying, I will put a couple of hours into the day in just watching Netflix. Not in English, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. It, with subtitles or in another language, because that's like a free language class. You're doing yeah. something you enjoy and you're picking it up. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's a good reminder. So, yeah, I'm, I'm living here in Montenegro and I have lived here for a year now and I definitely feel a bit down on myself for not taking it on further. I don't have that much regular interaction. I say hello to the shopkeeper and, you know, try and guess what she said for the price. And yeah. I'm, I got the numbers now and, you know, I can say a little bit, I can, but I, I've done very little. Um, and now I'm, I've partnered with a Montenegrin to build a village here. So I go and spend time with him and his family. And that's great because they tell me things and we, you know, we practice and go back and forward. And that's where I've actually started to learn a bit over the last few months. But, I think I'm not listening. I'm not listening enough, and uh, I think it's also that I need to have that teacher environment where I can say something and you know, get corrected or be be instructed rather than just trying to learn it purely organically without enough immersion. Um, yeah. Would that be what? What other tips would you have for me? Like reading, listening to uh, you know, listening to some series over and over. Um, but yeah, the. In terms of getting a teacher is the best thing to talk to you. Uh, like, Absolutely. do you have someone in the that's, that's Serbian teacher, or what? What do you recommend? No, I don't. That brings me on to the point that it's easier to learn a language <laughs> if you have more resources for it. Yeah, I, I think you said you can speak. What is it? Some French, some Spanish, some Polish. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those languages you have resources. As you go to languages of fewer and fewer speakers, and actually, was it Serbo-Croat? does have quite a few speakers, but not that many resources. Mm. I could find some, but that is a challenge. You do need to go out and find the textbooks that are for that language. You need a dictionary. That's another thing I have. I, if I'm learning a language, I'll have a small dictionary with me. So even if I'm yeah. sat waiting somewhere yeah. or I'm sat on transport, I'll just open it and learn five new words. Yeah. And just repeat those words. Just have little resources that you can use. Five words yeah. a day is a big thing I've pushed for all yeah. the people in my school. Yeah. Just basic words. If you don't speak, I don't know, fruit, vegetables, tree, car, road. Right, you've got five words. Tomorrow, check if you remember them, learn five more. And after a year, you'll yeah. realize how many words you've learned. Do you have a method around that? Do you store them in a phone, on paper? Cards. put them in my brain otherwise it doesn't count yeah <laughs> yeah I, I do have a method though which is very hard to teach because i've picked it up through time yeah. knowing which words to learn and which learn words to ignore at first yeah and it's just basic things that you have around you some basic verbs some adjectives some adverbs yeah, yeah. pronouns yeah and just to have those basic building blocks and then yeah. to add later on yeah, so your your method when you when you're teaching, you you are giving them the most practical words first, yeah. So that you get the biggest bang for the buck. Absolutely. And you're working on putting them into phrases, 
fairly early on or you are you like i guess you're yeah. getting those foundational phrases that you can add fruit or vegetable or i want a or where are the you know that that kind of stuff yes absolutely uh, uh, we're trying to get them just using those phrases and talking as much as possible absolutely yeah yeah so yeah the a couple of things that we had there was like freedom how can learning a language impact your level of freedom you have any stories or and what it what would you say to someone learning a language impact your freedom um i can give an example when i moved to china for a few weeks i couldn't speak at all and i was trapped like a child and i stayed there for about a month just living with a family who could only speak um chinese yeah and after that one month there I did have absolute freedom to move around in a way that the average western person could not do. Yeah. Yeah, well. When was that? Oh, that was 5 years ago now, like 2017. Yeah. yeah. How did that feel to be moving around China and getting things done? Yeah, it was really powerful. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Unlike languages, let's say German or French or Italian, where if you speak that language, you look just like one of them if you're white and you go to china <laughs> you speak their language that looks, you're never blending in yeah you're never blending in <laughs> to those people so yeah that was for, that was impressive to them and it gained a lot of respect from the chinese people mm. you you're not just treated like oh yeah it's a guy who learned our language because even in like hong kong it's full of white people they just speak english mm. and that freedom to go into certain places was very powerful. I've never been to Japan myself, but I know some of the guys in our community who do speak fluent Japanese who have told me that learning Japanese gets them into places that you wouldn't naturally be able to go. Because for yeah. example in Japan it's still socially acceptable on the door to say uh no foreigners or only Japanese. But if you can speak the language you can get into those places. Yeah. That's something I would like to achieve one day in the future. <laughs> Japanese some list. Yeah. It's a funny story actually. I did study Japanese at university. Okay. But I was studying eight languages. So it was at the bottom of my pile. And the first day I walked in to the Japanese class and there were about 30 of us. I was the only white person in there. <laughs> was full of mainly Chinese students. And when I asked them, "Why are you learning Japanese?" They said, "Well, we're studying business or law and We had to choose a language so we chose the easy one and I thought oh god more a disadvantage here. <laughs> I, I understand nothing so I spent a whole year studying didn't get particularly very far and they're all way ahead of me yeah when it came to the exam we had I think 100 questions and I did question 1 question 2 okay question 3 uh, not really sure I just said okay I quit I went up to the teacher I said arigatou gozaimasu sayonara gave him the exam and every chinese person in the class was going he didn't say anything all year and he did his exam in 5 minutes and i was like yeah easy bye i'm out no <laughs> failed <laughs> three out of, i think it was two out of 100 i got but it was still funny just to say if you guys i'm out <laughs> never did it again it was like 10 years ago now but um, yeah yeah so that's yeah. on the on the list to circle yeah. back to and that brings us back to the point of incentive i had no incentive to learn had never yeah. been to japan didn't really have japanese people around me so it's very hard to get into the culture and the language 
If I were yeah. to do it again, I'd have to get into that community or be in that country and it'd really help. Yeah. So the, the next F there is fun. Uh, yeah. You kind of touched on it in terms of maybe getting there, being able to get into certain bars or restaurants Absolutely. or clubs um, because of language skills. But I think it's a big motivator for a lot of young men, as you've touched on already with your language school. Yeah. Uh, if you can speak with people, you know, people you want to have relationships with, uh, then you know, that's a, a big skill. Like, how does it how, talk a bit about your, uh, you know, how it works with your students or for yourself, like in terms of language skills and, and having more fun in life? One of the things I find most fun about it is when you don't tell somebody you can speak that language <laughs> and you just sit there and you pretend you can't understand and they can say anything about you. Yeah. And then five minutes later, you speak in their language, say, thank you, bye. And the shock on their face after you've understood every single word is great. I, I really enjoy that part. There's, there's a you... part of it like speaking the language. There's also the part understanding it and hiding it. Is there, is there any any example that jumps out at you with that that you uh, you remember? Someone? I just had lots of examples, just many examples when I've been sat in a restaurant with people, or just like you go skiing and you sit in that chairlift with a few people who are talking about you, and you just say goodbye in their language. If it's like Romanian or something, you say goodbye. <laughs> them. Do it all the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the people around me, they know that I can speak every language. So they're like, okay, we won't, we won't speak behind his back. He'll probably understand. What, what do you think about with meeting girls? Like, there's a certain level of incompetency that's probably good, but then there's a level of, you know, what, to what level is it important, valuable? Yeah, if, if I have a girl who speaks that language, I try to speak it as well as possible. I don't want them to have any advantage over me. So I think almost all of my girls are Russian or Ukrainian speaking. Yeah. Besides one girl, I just speak in Russian to them. So I have to be very confident because it's the language I'm having all day. If I misunderstand something, they've got so used to me speaking Russian that if I don't understand, they're so confused and go, how dare you not understand? They'll (laughs) they'll say a word and I say, what does it mean? And they'll just repeat the word. (laughs) I think... It doesn't explain to me what it means. I just repeat it like four times. Yeah. That's not how you teach somebody a word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So for business, it's like essential for you. Um, yeah. In my two main businesses, languages are the fundamental part in getting further. Yeah. And so, yeah, if someone's thinking about the, the money side of things, purely from the money side of things. Yeah. Um, what are, you, what are some, are there any good stories or uh, examples that jump out at you around financial opportunity? When, when did you decide this was going to be a business for you? That's probably the better question. Well, I worked in a language school from about the time I was 20. Yeah. But of course, I'm working for somebody else. So I'm giving the majority of my money away to them. And I thought being an English teacher or a language teacher was going to be a short-term thing. And it just kept going and going and going. And I had no incentive to change it. Mm-hmm. So the only way I could make more money was by doing it myself and taking mm-hmm. all the money for myself. So I did that. I got more. And as I learned more and more languages and met more and more teachers, it just clicked. And I said to myself, why don't I just employ them, give them a cut, take a cut. And it's like a passive income almost. It's what I call sky money. It's mm-hmm. money that just comes from the sky for 
no work at all really besides writing an invoice and connecting the student and the teacher after that they organize when they have a class they organize uh, where they have it on zoom or somewhere else they already have the book that i've given to them so there's no real effort in on my part after that point so that's when it really started to click like we can start scaling this we can get more and more teachers we can get more and more students in the reputation is out there the social media the connections we've got more and more people talk and hear about it and more and more people come and say you're the guy that's when it really started to click maybe this should be my main business because in the past i thought language was like a hobby i almost called it a circus trick it's not really useful it's like being able to juggle us and people go that's cool but when it starts to make you money i thought yeah i made the right choice here yeah so did, did you want to be, do you have an entrepreneurial business background or is it? No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not very entrepreneurial. I'm very ambitious, but when it comes to the business side of things, I need somebody to teach me how to do that or to help me with it. Yeah. Um, fortunately in the language business, especially the revenue and the profit are quite clear. I say, look, you pay me this. I pay the teacher this. I keep this no extra costs. In other businesses, where there are lots of different factors, I get yeah. lost. And somebody says, I'll oh, just fill out an Excel spreadsheet. I'm like, I don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I was. I wish I was more entrepreneurial. I wish I was better at making money. But when it comes down to doing that task or reading a book in Hungarian, I'm like, oh, I really want to read that book. Yeah. And I get distracted. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you're doing you're doing what you love, and you're making money yeah. from it. You've traveled the world. How many countries would you say have you been to? Do you know? I think it's closing on forty. It's yeah. not as many as you'd think, but I do tend to travel to the same countries again and again and again. So the countries I've been to, I've probably been mostly more than once. Yeah, yeah. Do you plan on continuing to travel a lot? Is that part of your lifestyle? Yeah, I, I love traveling. I've actually tried to rein that in a little bit over the last few weeks and months because it is an expense that often doesn't bring the money back. I'm yeah. really trying to focus on sitting at home and just building this business now rather than yeah. getting distracted. And when I've got the money in, I'll start traveling again, I would say. Because now I'm looking at you on the beach in Montenegro thinking, I wonder if there's a flight. There's probably one through Vienna that I could go and stay there for a week. And go, no, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> get, get back to work. Stop getting distracted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's it, it would be very tempting, especially even more tempting when you can speak the language when you get to the other side, and you you already know people there. Absolutely, yeah. I've been really tempted to have that lifestyle where you stay in an Airbnb and live in a different country every month. Yeah, but for many different factors, I'm ju- I just settle down in one place for a couple of years at least. I mean, I've got yeah. my apartment here. I've got all my stuff. I can't just live out of a backpack. Yeah, and. I'm waiting for my citizenship here now. I'm going through the process to become a Czech citizen after yeah. five years here. Yeah. So I can't just leave and go somewhere else because I've got that goal. Yeah. I've got everything set up here. I've got connections. I know people. So if I just moved yeah. to Uzbekistan now and just said, right, I live here, I'd have to start from the beginning again. Yeah. I think the path for me would be have this base, get a second base, a third base, and then stay in those places where I've got the connection and the power. And then maybe travel for a few days or a week somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got friends that come and visit me here. There's a couple that are doing the digital nomad thing, yeah. traveling the world. And 
I'm somewhat envious, but there is something to be said for being a bit more stable as well. I've only been here a year. I lived in um, uh, Sark next to Guernsey for for a year yeah. before that. And, Why? Uh, we might move. <laughs> we might move again soon. Well, it was during COVID, and I've got a young family, okay. and we didn't know what was okay. going to happen with the world. We had to get out of Australia, and um, it seemed like a good idea at the time. It was all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't say that being in Dubai was any better during COVID because yeah. you think it's going to be the greatest place ever. It's, it was March. Oh, it's 30 degrees there. I can sit by the pool. After a couple of days, no pools closed. Okay, what else? Mall. Mall's restricted. Um, now it's 35. Now it's 40. Now it's 45 degrees. And I'm thinking, and I'm just sat here paying three times as much money to sit in this apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no way is that fun when you can't live your normal life. But I think, uh, yeah, the more languages you learn, the more people you know around the world, the better business is then. Yeah, more, uh, more options we have. Absolutely. If you don't speak any languages at all, just learn one, choose a place you want to move to and move there, whether it's Thailand or Poland or Mexico. Learn that language and go there. About Spanish, it's a really frustrating thing. I get so many requests for people to learn Spanish in my language school. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could offer it because I could probably get 20 guys mm. and make some real profit there. But I just don't do it because I don't know a teacher who is at the standard that I would expect to teach. They say, yeah, I can speak Spanish. I could teach somebody. No, you couldn't. It's not as easy as it looks. I, yeah. I really wish I could find a Spanish teacher. If anyone's listening and they are a Spanish teacher, reach out to me because there's some real money to be made, especially with all the Americans who are just trying to escape and go to Latin America. Yeah. Or business there. Do you only, do you only employ attractive women or is it uh, doesn't matter? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I think, yeah, all my teachers are women. Not necessarily attractive. My Czech teacher, I hope she's not listening, is about, about 80. <laughs> like this old communist lady who's very, very strict, but she's very, very good at what she does. Yeah, yeah. Um, she probably wouldn't be offended by that then if she didn't get put in the attractive bucket if she's 80. No. Probably past that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would prefer to employ attractive women, basically, yeah. basically because students would be more encouraged to learn. They say, oh, yeah. I have a few more classes of her. Yeah, yeah. There's something inherently motivating. I think that is one of the most effective ways for yeah. men to learn language is to Absolutely. find a girlfriend. And, but if you've got a bit of assistance, a bit of uh, you're like the secret weapon on the side, aren't you? That uh, yeah. su- surprise and um, yeah, yeah. Can take it this to the next I, level. This is what I tell the guys who are learning like Russian and Polish. Yeah. yeah, you enjoy it with your teacher. Wait until you have some girls you can talk to, and then you'll really yeah. want to practice. Especially yeah. if they can't speak English, you'll really enjoy talking to them. Yeah, and then that motivation will come in even more. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's definitely a buzz like that. Okay, I turned up to Latin America. Uh, I was twenty three. Didn't I? I tried to teach myself as much as I could before I got there, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, and I, I understood some words. I thought I knew something, but really, once people started speaking in Mexico, I was like, no chance. Um, no. But then I, I stayed in an orphanage for two and a half months in Guatemala and there were Spanish people there and then all the children only spoke um, in Spanish. So uh, by the time I left the orphanage, I was okay. And obviously, that's a lot less impressive than your one month with the Chinese family. But I could, once I'd left there, I was uh, yeah. I, I was like hitchhiking and stuff at that stage and, you know, yeah. talking to the truck drivers and then meet, meeting, you know, random people. And um, yeah, it's, it's exhilarating to be able to get someone's life story or build a relationship you know, quickly. 
it's uh yeah something that everyone should experience i think yeah that's a very good point learning more languages means that you can meet and get to know more and more people your world yeah. opens up yeah. anyone who just speaks english and goes to mexico might meet some expats if you can speak spanish you'll suddenly make some friends here you'll meet their friends you'll meet other people maybe even their family then you just get this big group of people around you and people you might know for the rest of your life a lot of times people are quite proud as well if they have a foreign friend that speaks the language like they actually almost want to introduce you to their friends and yeah. you get that quite a lot in latin america where they really uh, come and meet this person come meet yeah. that person we have to go out with them i i've had that quite a lot of times i mean when i was in china it was chinese new year and all the families wanted to go to this family because the white guy was there <laughs> they're all coming over giving me gifts and sitting and wanting to talk to me like, yeah we'll go to that house it's so cool and even even in russia I was just walking through a street in a small town somewhere and a woman walks up to me and says, wow, wow, I heard, I heard you speak English. I'm, I'm an English teacher in a school in Volgograd. Is it possible if I can take a picture with you and do a little video and I can show it to my students? This, and if you would like to come to this city, you can come and meet my students, come to the school. Oh, I don't have time, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the amount of people who yeah. will want to talk to you, especially if you can speak a bit of their language and get to know them is incredible yeah it's like minor minor celebrity status in, in a yeah. way is it it's like you get a sometimes it's a bit too much in a way but you get too much attention but it's yeah. it's good to experience um, very cool me, so, i was gonna say it reminds me in china of the, what they call the white monkey job have you heard of that where, where they get where they get just the fact you're white and you just do a job like advertising <laughs> or you hold a sign come here or they have a business meeting and you don't know anything about the business. So don't say anything. Just say you don't speak Chinese, but be at the meeting. And it'll make our business look really good if we have a white guy there. <laughs> the white monkey job. White monkey job, yeah. Was there, was there a, uh, a question that they kept asking you? Or is there something that they wanted to know about Western culture or England or like misconceptions or anything that was... I think I had more misconceptions about yeah. them than they did yeah. about me. I was more shocked by their culture than they were about mine yeah they were just more interested in having a picture with me or being yeah. seen around me that was enough status for them they didn't really care who i was what i do it was just white person can i have a picture or white person come sit at our table that was enough for them in china cool. well yeah i think you should uh, you should write a book or or uh, make your own podcast or something to tell more of the, the stories and lessons that you've learned. Cause I, I do think it's something really powerful, really special. It's cool. It's not every day you meet someone who's gone so deep on languages and, and taught so many people. So yeah, it's um, be cool to see you continue to grow that. And um, I mean, yeah, where do you, where do you want to take it? Like where, where, where does this go for you? Um, in terms of the language stuff, I've written a couple of eBooks. I have cool. one free eBook, which I okay. give away yeah. on, Twitter, which is just a basic guide to how to learn a language. It's got to be 10 or 12 basic things that you can do. And I've also written a guide, which I sell on Twitter, which is how to learn every language. And I've put every single language that I have some experience with, and then the resources to learn it, the book you need to buy, the things you need to watch, how to watch television, maybe some famous films in that country. And you can just go through the guide whatever language you want and you just pick the information so that's oh. something and i'm thinking of maybe rewriting it 
and changing it for the general market, yeah, yeah. maybe printing it. And the language score. The language score doesn't even have a name. It's literally okay. just payment link, go to teacher. <laughs> and I think some of the next steps might be branding it, logo, yeah. website, yeah. put everything together, and then marketing it. So especially high net worth individuals yeah. could come to the language school. Because the focus of my language school is not just your normal learner who says, I'll pay you 10 euros for an hour. No, no. It's a premium product with the best teacher, the best yeah. resources. And the reason it's expensive is because I just say, look, you don't know how to learn a language. I'll just solve it for you. You don't have to worry, is the teacher good? What book do I have to buy? Do I have to go to a school? No, we just solve all of that. Yeah. And I'm available 24-7 for the students to come to and ask for information. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you can definitely waste a lot of time. Most people are wasting their time. Either they're just I using agree. the language apps, as you say. Like, there's Duolingo. Some of those apps, I think, are really bad. I think there's some that are a little bit better than others in terms of just pure word recall um, yeah. lists. But I do also have that feeling as well that it's just a dopamine game. They just want you to, to be on the app. Um, yeah. So One thing I noticed with Duolingo is they do that day streak and those things. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I've got a 300-day streak and I've got to do 301 and 302. Are you actually learning or are you just collecting prizes or a, a reward or a star? I don't know what you get. Yeah, you learning get nothing, or is that a dopamine, get, yeah. like a game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, I, like, I like where you're coming from with that. Is it? you know, being fueled by your own passion and a real use case in your own life is, is pretty important. So I think you should get a brand to this and get a website. And it sounds like a problem that I don't think has been solved that well. I think I think a lot of the language stuff has been done poorly. Like I talk here in those kind of places where you can find someone to talk to, they don't seem to care enough to actually want to show the teachers how to do what they're doing. Like I, I bought a couple of lessons on there in Serbian and the teachers were just so bad that it was just like, well, I'm not, you know, it's not good. <laughs> there's no point in this. So um, there's definitely a market for something yeah, that's no. trust, like trustworthy and, um, you know, previously vetted and the teachers are being developed. And um, yeah, yeah I, I really, I really like that. What, what's your Twitter for those who want to get that free ebook oh, or jump on the, the paid one? The language G. And I'm sure we'll be able to put it into the yeah, description yeah. under the video. Perfect. The language G. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else we want to add there uh, on this? Nope. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. If you ever want to continue the conversation, I'll gladly come back. Yeah. Um, enjoy Montenegro. I'm sure I'll be down there sometime in the near future. Thank you so much, Peter. It's a pleasure.